Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset, where we talk about success mindset, dreaming huge, and crushing goals. And sometimes I get the privilege of bringing on ordinary people with extraordinary stories, where they get to share their dreams come true, the struggle victory stories that they've overcome, and this, the deeper story behind it. Today's guest is extra special to me. She's a cherished friend, one of my besties, and a part of a group of friends that we affectionately call the Hot Moms. Yep, <laughs> that's what we call ourselves. Trish Rosu is a faith-based speaker and podcaster from Minnesota. She's married to her high school sweetheart, and they have four kids. She felt called to serve the Lord her whole life, even in the seasons she was running from him. Currently, she works in youth ministry and is passionate about watching the students grow in their faith and to see many of them move on and lead their generation to building the kingdom of God. We dive into her struggle victory story of overcoming offense in her life. It stemmed from a specific time in her life when she was hurt by the words of some she trusted the most. It put her in a downward spiral and left her trusting no one and feeling really alone. She shares both her breaking and turning points and how she pulled herself out of the dark hole she felt like she was in. Let's dive in. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can realize your full potential. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can move confidently toward your goals. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, welcome, Trish. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad that you could be here today. Hi, happy to be here. Super excited. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I feel like we're so far away, but I love that we can virtually connect and um, be able to share stories that can help affect other people and stories that can resonate with others. And I feel like this story that you're going to share is going to do just that. But before we get into it, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about who you are, um, where you come from, your family life, that kind of a thing. Sure. I am, well, I live in Minnesota. I'm one of Gabe's friends from Minnesota. We've been friends for, I don't know, almost 13 years, 12 or 13 years. We met when we were moms, like new moms to our itty bitty baby boys, which are now almost teenagers or our teenagers. And that's crazy. And um, so my oldest is a teenager and um, I have three more kids after that. So I have four kids all together and it's busy and it's crazy. I homeschool my children and I work at our church part-time. My husband and I do a podcast, like we're super busy, but um, in all the busyness, it's such a priority for me to slow down, take life easy and um, really appreciate God's goodness and and his beauty and everything. Yeah. And I love looking back at how we met because we kind of knew of each other in high school. Uh, Mm -hmm. We went to the same high school, but we weren't friends. We didn't hang out with the same crowds, but then just all of a sudden we meet at a Panera Bread, uh, just start up a conversation and we become lifelong friends. And I look back at that going, that had to have been an ordained appointment. I mean, you are one of my Mm -hmm. cherished friends that I will have forever 
And what would have happened if I wouldn't have been at the Panera or if I wouldn't have been friendly or, you know, all those things that come into play. And I just think that's so cool. And I think that it's important for us to look at those divine appointments or to really be willing to be friendly or be willing to meet new people in different places. Yeah, totally. And, and the fact that our high school was like the size of a town, <laughs> like 4,000 <laughs> people is just insane. And, um, and it's cool that we met a little, like became such good friends a little later in life. And we were able to go, we have been able to go through many seasons of having itty bitties and doing mom's groups together to like homeschooling together. And then now to trying to chase our dreams together. And it's just cool to have that like in a friendship and it's a blessing and a joy. So. Yeah, it is super cool. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, our kids even do, a couple of our kids even do gymnastics. So we talk, we have lots of common things yeah. we need to talk about. And I just love that. So that's now, true. Yeah. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we're going to focus on your story and your struggle victories. Um, that's one of the things I love to do on this podcast is really deep, dig deep and dig back into those struggles but only when we have that victory, because every struggle is meant to have a victory. And it's a matter of how we push through it, how we react to it. And if we're willing to go through all those speed bumps to get to that other side. And I know that you've had such a victory. Um, and we're going to be talking about anxiety and offense today. And I think this is something that will resonate with every mama out there. We all have had our own anxieties in life, in motherhood, in uh, goal setting, in whatever it is. And we, I think moms are the hardest on ourselves and we can kind of take offense because we have that guilt and we have that, I'm not doing it right. And I'm not perfect. And I'm not that mom, look at that mom over there. And we'd start judging other people. And then we get offended because we're not, we're not who we feel like we're supposed to be. And so, um, yeah, we totally get stuck in that like comparison of like, I'm not as good as them. Are they prettier than me? They're farther along in life than me. They're doing this and I'm not. And their like husband is a better husband or their kids are better kids. Like we totally get stuck in this comparison trap and we can get so easily offended by if somebody says something that just sets off our insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is every mom does it. So we yeah. think we're alone and that we're the only one, but yeah. everyone does it. And so it's totally. a reminder to ourselves, like, we're not alone. Even though we feel it, we aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. true. So, well, cool. I want you to kind of share a little bit, um, as far back as you want, but um, I don't know if you want to do, if you want to talk about both the anxiety and offense all together, if it's all com- kind of compiled together, if you want to break them separate, but let's let's start hearing your story. Okay. Well, I don't share my story too much because it doesn't make me cry sometimes, (laughs) but um, just the long and short version of it is um, when I was in my 20s, late teens, 20s, all through my 20s, I was in full-time ministry, um, pastoring and preaching all over and really serving the Lord and really doing what I felt at the time God was calling me to do. And, um, And I got... I guess I was kind of a novice. Like I kind of thought I knew what I was doing and I thought I knew like all the good and all the best decisions. And I thought I had life really figured out. And I actually had a hard time extending grace to people who didn't have that. (laughs) And what was kind of like cool is I hit like this time in my life where I just felt like that song Oceans came out where it goes, spirit lead me where 
um, my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me. And what was so cool is I remember hearing that song and I am a words person. So when I hear words in a song, if I'm going to sing them, I am going to mean like the words that I am saying. And so I remember sitting in worship and I remember hearing this song flood over me and into my heart and my spirit man and listening to the words and wondering like, is this something I can really hold myself to? Like, do I really want to take my, my faith to a place that has no borders where my trust has no borders and the Holy spirit just ministered to me? Like, is this something you are up for? So my response <laughs> was, I'm not stupid. Like, I mean, I am a little stupid, obviously, but like, <laughs> I shouldn't talk bad about myself. But like, my my response to the Lord was a head a, a head shake, no, and a verbal yes. Like, I was just like, yes, I want to go where my trust is without borders, God. Yes, I want you to use me how you want to use me, and I want you to take me deeper into you. Yet at the same time, so scared of what that meant for me and for my journey and for my walk and for my faith. And um, from there, my world crashed. Mm -hmm. Like everything around me crashed to the ground and everything I felt secure in as far as my ministry and who I was as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a person of faith crashed to the ground because of words that people had spoke over me. And I let their words, because they were trusted people, rip me into pieces. And sometimes those people who are closest to you are the people, other people throughout my life had said the same things to me, but they didn't really mean anything to me. But it was because it was people who, whose opinion of me I really cherished and I really valued. They had spoken these words that just cut in a different way, just so deep. And I remember just, it took me like a year to really process through this and, and talk it out with people and, and try to get a, a perspective that was healthy. And I just could not bring myself to a healthy perspective of the situation. And almost in that season, I just begin to, I think of it this way, like we as human beings have a natural need to defend ourselves and to protect ourselves and, and fend ourselves from like, you know, you think back to before we had houses to live in, we were living in nature and moms were in charge of protecting their kids and protecting things that they felt were sacred to them. And they had to look for what they felt was dangerous and what they felt would come in and attack their family and their hearts and their homes. And so I feel like I went into this survival mode of, of looking for anything that could cause me offense or cause me hurt. And almost anything anybody said after that point just was a knife to my heart. And it could have been something so simple and so loving and kind, but I could not, from a healthy place, no, process it because I was just looking for to defend myself and to defend my heart. And to, I just built a heart, a hard heart, like a heart of stone, walls around my heart. Um, you know, the Bible says to guard your heart. But I think I was taking it a little too extreme. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of my, my, a little glimpse at my journey. And I'm sure we can all relate to those times where we've had some opinions we really valued say something into our life that has like destroyed us and almost has caused us to feel that insecurity and that doubt in ourselves. And that's where I was. I was sitting there in like that muck and mire of, of, 
not really knowing how I felt about anything. Not even, I honestly, at this point, I know this is about overcoming offense, but like I was even offended by God. Mm. at this point. And it really was even a test in my faith journey. Like I remember sitting before the Lord, like, and saying, God, I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't even know if I believe you. And I honestly tried to push God away from me and push God out of my life and push all things that felt secure away from me because nothing felt secure. And, and what I felt the challenge of the Lord back to me was instead of pushing me away why don't you go deeper? Why don't you, why don't you cut off all those ideals that you've had about what the world should look like and start with a clean slate? And so that's what I did. I went on this too long of a journey. <laughs> I'm just really trying to get free from who I thought I was and who I thought um, all my ideals of the world, of Christianity, of what marriage should look like, what parenting should look like. And I went through this whole journey of undoing all of that and just becoming a very broken person and a very, um, all that pride that was built up in my heart. Like God took it and he destroyed it and he ruined me. Like he wrecked me. And the cool, like on the other side of it, I am so thankful for this experience. Like I am so thankful for all of it, but it was like getting from point A to point B, that was hell. And it was a miserable few years of my life, just trying to work through. And when you come to that point where you get face to face with who you are and really let God search you and, and not just letting God search you, because I think God oftentimes will present things to us that we need to change. He'll be like, hey, maybe you should change how you respond to that person. Or maybe you should change how you yell at that person or your anger. You know, like God always is doing right. that. But there's, but we even like, we'll be like, no, no, don't, don't tell me that. You know, like we guard ourselves from wanting to change for God. But I was at this point where I was just so desperate and so broken that I let God come in and actually do that to me. And I have journals upon journals upon journals of God just icky, like getting rid of my, like the ickiness inside my heart and really sweeping it clean. And um, it's just cool to be on this side of it. And no, I'm not perfect. Like I'm farthest thing from perfect. And I have so many more issues I'm trying to work through. <laughs> so, but I feel like this is what I'm kind of getting, getting a head on and learning from. So, yeah, I think that's, it's interesting how, a lot of times God lets us get to our breaking point so that he can yeah. mold and shape us and refine us. And that's something I'm passionate about is that refiner's fire. Are we willing to go into the fire so that he can make us stronger? Does it mean we're yeah. perfect? We don't become perfect. We become far from that, but we become stronger and more resilient maybe. And um, I, I, it's interesting when you talked about uh, the song, the ocean song and, and, having trust without borders when you when that offense happened and when that hurt happened where did that put you in that in those moments of um trust without borders did that shut you down or did it did that song resonate with you still um what well, was honestly hard for me to even sing it for a while and even to live in that place of of being where my trust was without borders because I was just so mad at God and so hurt. And Gabe, we were friends during this time. Like, you know, I wasn't in a very healthy place mentally. And it's hard because 
all my whole world. Like I lost friends on this time. I didn't use, lose you, Gabe, but I lost other friends <laughs> and I lost like all of my support, like all the ministries I was a part of, like I just couldn't be healthy to be in them. And um, I was on this journey of just, I had no, like, I didn't have trust in God, honestly, because the trust I had in God was like, not that it was fake, but like, it wasn't like, it wasn't refined. Like the, the trust I had in God as a child and as in my twenties was, was so different because it wasn't fueled with trials. Like the trials are what make, what makes us stronger and what produces the faith and that endurance to run that race. And so I came head to head, like, was my faith a genuine faith? And where, where was I? And I came head to head with that, like, and I confronted that. And so I had that pushback from God, though, because God, I think, you know, we ask and we seek of God and we will find God. And so I pushed back into God and he pushed harder into me. And, um, and I feel like this whole journey I went through, it brought out my ugly, but it made my heart far more beautiful. And I didn't even like who I was for a good time. I can just remember crying before the Lord and and just being angry, not wanting to go places, like not wanting to go with friends. Like there was a time I remember I was supposed to go with my, my we call ourselves the hot moms. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Our friend group. And I can remember this time where like I was so broken and we were supposed to be going out together as a group of friends and I can remember laying in my bathtub with water that had started to run cold mm. and because I had been in there so long like I was running out of hot water and the water was running cold and it was running over me and I just wanted to die and like I just felt like the whole world like didn't make sense I didn't know who I was I hated myself and I couldn't love how could I love anybody else when I couldn't even love myself you know, like the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, if you can't love yourself, how is your love for anyone else true and genuine? And that's where I was. I was sitting in the bathtub and, and feeling like, ick. Like, I just want to be clean from all of this filth that I feel in my heart. And like, I feel about myself and everything anybody said would offend me. So why would I go want to go around my friends? I like love and care for when everything they say is just going to rip me, rip me in pieces because that's where I was at. I was just in this ick. Right. Yeah. And I remember that season for you. And honestly, a lot of times I felt like there was a, almost a shield up. So mm-hmm. where you didn't want to have offense and you didn't want to let people close and you didn't want to trust yet. I mean, you still let me in for sure. Yeah. We could, we could tell that there was the hurt yet. We didn't know exactly what to do because it had run so deep and um you know is there was there a time or in this healing process was there something that clicked that made you realize that you are um worthy and that you are loved and that um people do trust I mean there are people you can trust and that you can love was there some where was that point in this journey yeah, so actually it was really cool. So last night, because I knew I was talking about this and I'm a journaler, like I said, mm-hmm. I was reading through my journals because I'm like, I know there was that moment where I was sitting in and doing my studies with the Lord and just having that time with God where I it, it did click. And I was studying in the Bible and I had been studying through Ecclesiastes 
and through Proverbs. And I was sitting there reading the word of God and all of a sudden, let me pull, let me pull it up for you. On April 5th, 2017, I said, is there such a thing as a spirit of offense? And if so, what is it? Could this be what I struggle with? Is this something I need freedom from? And it was all my notes leading up to this for like weeks and weeks were about being offended because I was doing a study on, on it. And, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, wait, is this me? Am I easily offended by everything? And am I pushing people away from me that maybe have very good intentions for me, but I can't even hear them because all I can hear and all I can receive from anyone right now is offense. And it was like my come to Jesus moment. Like, wait, is this me? Is this who I am? And I don't know if any of you have ever had that where you felt like you, you see something in yourself and you're like, wait, like you might hear somebody speaking or you might be reading something. And you're like, wait. And it like, your eyes are open. And that's how I felt in that moment. Like it, my eyes were open. So that is who I am. And I have this spirit of offense. And so then I go into like, I like to write out prayers sometimes, especially ones that are from the depths of me, like my, you know, my inner, inner prayers. And, um, and so I remember, like, I wrote down prayer, like, God, if I, I know I struggle with this, I know I'm easily offended. I know I see offense around every corner and Lord, I want to be free from this. I, and I'm not saying like in that moment I was free, but where I found freedom in that moment was I realized I had an issue. It's kind of like if you're an alcoholic, the first step to becoming like free from alcoholism is just admitting you have a problem. So right. on, in, on April, 2017, I was able to see, and I was able to admit, like, I have a problem with offense and, and being easily offended by anything anyone says. And so that was kind of my beginning of my freedom journey, even though I was already on a healing journey mm-hmm. from hurt, I was, then I started on a journey being free from offense. Yeah. And I think that's really accurate. There's, there's two different things. There's the healing, but then there's the freedom and the freedom is really a part and of, I feel like I had forgiven. Yeah. 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 I feel like I had even forgiven the people who initially had caused this hurt. Like, I feel like that forgiveness was already there but like I doesn't mean I wasn't wounded like my wounds were causing my perceptions of the world like they created how I was doing everything anyone said yeah Yeah. what I think one thing that one story in the bible that I just have learned so much from is the story of David and when David was anointed king he was a young boy and he went through years of serving Saul and being with Saul and Saul was very intimidated by David because he would go to war and he would have more accomplishments in war. And this just made Saul so mad that Saul threatened David's life. And David ran into the caves and he was running from Saul and Saul sent Israel armies out to kill David and take his life. And there was times um, in David's journey of running from Saul, like this is when, like this is when Psalms was written was when David was hiding in the caves and his life was being threatened. Like so much of Psalms was written in that time. Anyways, so David came, he was hiding in a cave and Saul came into the cave and was going to the bathroom. And David had the opportunity to kill Saul in that moment. And there was actually, I believe two times where 
David had the opportunity to kill Saul and to kill the person who was out to destroy him, who was defaming his character, who was causing David all this hurt. I mean, if you read Psalms, you see all the hurt and all the baggage that David had on him. I mean, he was a man after God's own heart and he was a great guy, but he, like you and I, have so many issues. And so David was hiding in the cave and Saul comes in and he has this opportunity to kill him. But instead of killing him, he cuts his robe, like he cuts out the, the corner and the edge of his robe. And then he goes out and shows the Israel army. He's like, I had the opportunity to kill him. And I didn't like, I love Saul. Like he is my king. You know, he goes out and does that. Okay. Well then you go on with the story. And again, Saul's threatening David and chasing down David to try to kill David. But what I think is so cool about this story is Saul or David loved Saul as his king. David had the opportunity to kill Saul and never did. David was crushed. He was hurt. He felt abandoned. He felt offended. He felt like the world was ending. He wanted God to take his life. Like there's just so much in the story when you read the Psalms. And here's the thing. If David would have let that destroy him, David would have never became king. Because David persisted and he did not kill Saul. He did not run and leave the call that God had on his life because he was anointed by God, by Samuel to be king, David was still able to enter in and become king. And what I think is so cool about that story, and it applies to all of us, like if we don't let these things in these hardships destroy us, but we let it refine us, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. in the end, like we will be able to accomplish so much. And it'll make us a better person. Like David, I guarantee you, was a better person because of all the trials he went through and all these testings. God tested him when he put Saul before him and David could have killed him, but he he knew God didn't want him to. That is so cool. Like, it's just so cool to see how David, like you and I, has the opportunity to defame people. He has the opportunity to destroy and kill and ruin somebody's life, but he did not. So when somebody offends us, and hurts us and destroys us, how do we respond like David? And how do we make sure in our response to people, we in return don't lose the call and the anointing on our life? Yeah, I love that. I love that because it just shows, it goes to show that as an ordinary person, a weak person, we can be used. Mm -hmm. And that's what God does. He shows his power through us. If we had all that power, or if we had the power to overcome just on our own, then it wouldn't show, I mean, it wouldn't show his glory. And so we need that help and we need that reflection and we need that journaling. I feel like that's what the Psalms is, is journaling. And that's Mm -hmm. what I do too. I journal those prayers because that's how I speak best to God Mm -hmm. and, um, and show my heart and what my struggles are. And if you do read the Psalms, you can see his cries and his prayers. And I think that is a perfect point to what do we do with that offense? Do we use it to harm that person? Do we use it to destroy ourselves? Because if we're destroying ourselves, then we can't be used the way God wants. And we can't have that best life and that prosperity in him. And Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's super important for us to realize and to really just sit back if something, if something affects us, like to have that moment to just sit back and go, okay, what is this? What am I dealing with? Why is this affecting me so much? And then being able to move forward and figure out, okay, how do I 
how do I get through this offense or how do I get through this struggle? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit from that time, that point where you were like, okay, this is offense. This is a spirit of offense. How do I deal with this? What was your first step? What was your first step in healing? Well, like you just said, journaling and praying and um, Proverbs says that whoever hates correction is stupid and I didn't want to be stupid. I'm like, God, I don't want to be somebody who can't take correction. And so I want to come to a healthy place where if somebody gives me feedback and it's feedback I don't like, how do I handle that? And I just felt like I need to take things that people tell me and not stew in them like I was having the tendency, but take them and think about them for a few minutes (laughs) and pray about it and say, hey, God, if there is any truth to this, if there is anything that I need to learn from what this person is saying, can you please, Lord, reveal it to me? And if not, will you free me from their words? Will you release me from the burden and the guilt that I feel because of the things this person said? And I think just for me, learning how to, in a healthy way, receive correction and receive offense and receive, because the Bible does say iron sharpens iron. And the Bible, you know, encourages us to live at peace with all man. And so how do I live at peace with all men? Because honestly, some of the people who challenge me the most are the people that are the closest to me. And I can't push them out of my life because what they're saying is offensive to me and I don't agree with it. Um, And so I have to take what they're saying. And sometimes they might bring it up multiple times, which is super hard to deal with. But how do I take what they're saying and not let those words hurt and cut deep? And how do I handle it in a healthy way? I feel like that's kind of like that pivotal moment I was at. But like just knowing my human weakness is to want to to dwell in these things. And even though sometimes we know what's right, we don't always do what's right. Well, most of the time I feel like that. And, um, and so I just remember like telling God, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to need you to strengthen me and to help me be a better person because I pretty much suck at life right now. Like that's how I felt in that moment. And I'm just like, God, I am so weak. I cannot, I cannot do this on my own. And so God got an opportunity to come in and heal me because of my weakness, God, God is able to shine brighter and he's able to do his thing. Right. So, um, just letting God, God come in and, and do that. And I don't have to do it on my own. That's the cool thing about having faith in Jesus is that we don't, it is not on our own. Um, like God, it challenged me. Like this was more recently than 2017, but I don't know, maybe 2018. I don't know where I was reading all these self-help books and all of this and, and they're good. Like I still enjoy them. I still love them. Not, don't get me wrong, but I was trying to help myself be the best version of me. And I was on this journey to be the best version of Trish. And I felt like God just had this huge, huge, um, challenge on my heart that said, Trish, do you want to be the best version of yourself? Because you can do that and you can keep chasing life and your ideals and how you think that is. Or Trish, you can let go of that and you can become the best version of what I think you are and who I say you are. And you can become a reflection of me. And and I felt like that was always my goal. (laughs) Like my goal was always to be like Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Like that's our goal as Christians is because we're trying to become Christ-like and we're trying to go through the process of being sanctified. However, we do always want to try to be the best version of ourselves because that's what the world is telling us, like be the best version of you. And, and so I had to let go of those ideals of trying to be the best version of me and said, 
saying, God, I don't want to be the best version of me because the best version of me is not going to be, it's horrible. And I, God, I want to be the best version of you. Like I want to be a reflection of you. And I want to be somebody who doesn't put out a facade that the world is perfect because that's how I was before. I want to be somebody who can be truthful about my struggles and, and share those things. And I want to be a reflection of you and your glory and the things that you've done in my life. Because something like this game, years ago, I would never have wanted to share. Right. Because it's too, it's showing, it's showing me in a bad light. Like it's showing my insecurities and my vulnerabilities and, and all of my baggages. Paul says, if I boast, let me boast in my weakness. And so that's where I'm trying to come from is finding that balance of like, I want to boast in my weakness because if I talk to you about my weakness, you can see how God is glorified in my life. And, and so that's kind of that tension I feel like I was walking in is how do I process through these offenses? How do I share what is happening with other people in my life? Because I think when we talk about things, it heals us too. Mm-hmm. And so sharing and opening up to others, people that you trust, not just online, not to the, right. not to the interwebs or whatever, like that is healthy to do once you've conquered something, but not in the heat of the moment. Like don't put all your garbage out there because people are just going to make it worse. But how do I open up to people who I can trust and let them feed into me? Because right now I've been so offended and so hurt by people that my heart has walls around it. And so how do I tear down those walls and let people penetrate my heart and let the love of Jesus penetrate my heart? And so that's kind of like just having my blinders removed and having my eyes open to those issues really helped me in the process of freedom. I don't know. It's just the step of of verbalizing and it's the step of crying out to God and telling God you want change, I think is the best step. Also reading the word of God. So much freedom there. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's the best source. I mean, anytime that we have struggles. That's our best source. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think as far as our victories, we want to share those victories, but to be real, we have to share the struggle that came with the victory. And I yeah. think that shows us as a real people and it helps us to relate to other people and it helps us to be able to be that inspiration. Hey, I know you're, you're here. And I was there before I know what it's like. And here's some things I did, I will walk with you. Mm-hmm. I will be with you, you know? And I think that's what people want to see. And when we're on social media or we're on, all we see is wins. All we see is perfect. We don't really see, I mean, we see a lot of negative too, but we don't really see people's struggles or they're really what real life looks like behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. when somebody's willing to be vulnerable and share that, it resonates with so many people and it actually does help. It's the first step to set those people free because they might, it might click. It might be their clicking moment where they say, Oh, that's what I'm dealing with. Now I have something to go on. Now I, I, now I know, and I want it to change. So they may not know how to change it, but at least it's their click moment. Right. And change comes from, I think, wanting to change. Cause if you don't acknowledge something in your life and you don't, see that you need change you're never going to change you're just going to continue being apathetic and you're going to continue living in it and change comes from that like it's like a mind shift right Mm -hmm. and um you talk a lot about that in your book like having that the mind shift and so um how do you come to that point where you can transition what your thought process was 
wheels and put it into a new lane, right? And and shift, like, I was going this way. I guess that's repentance because repentance is like you're heading this way. And, and honestly, I had so much repenting to do. <laughs> I was heading this way and I had to turn and change my actions to the other direction. Um, and so I can set my eyes and my sight and my vision on God and ask God to forgive me for having those ickies, you know, and right. yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and it does, you're right. It does kind of start in the mind as well, because we've fed ourselves these lies. We've felt fed ourselves these thoughts. We've dwelt on them long enough that they've become real in our life. And yeah. they actually really aren't. They really are lies, but we have blinders thrown over our eyes. So we can't see that. We no longer can see the truth of who we are. Yeah. Right. We're filtering everything through that offense instead yeah. of through the truth of God's word. So we got to get in the word of God so we can see the world around us through his truth rather than through our, like our filters of offense and our filters of abandonment and rejection and hurt. Yes. Which is also one of the reasons that I'm passionate about affirmations. Mm-hmm. But when I talk about affirmations, I don't talk about like the foo-foo, just speak what you want and you're going to get it. It's right. more, what are the lies? Now let's go to the Bible and find the truths. Let's Amen. speak yeah. the scripture over our life because that's really who you are. And yes. so, and the more you speak that, the more you're going to start believing it because it is going to shift that mindset. I know for me, I'm a words person. So like in my house, like if I were to take you on a tour of my house right now, you would see signs up with like scriptures that are affirming to me and encouraging to me in my bedroom closet where I get changed every day. I have scriptures hanging up on a board that, and words, kind words that people have spoken over me too. Like just those like reminders when all I want to hear and feel is negative. It's just good to have those reminders of the positive things too. Yes. Yes. I'm the same way. You would come to my house mm-hmm. and you'd be like, your house is decluttered, but you have a lot of words, words. And affirmations and goals and whatever it is all around your house. And I'm like, totally. Yep. People, people say that they're like, why wow, you have a lot of words? <laughs> I'm a words person. I think I said that earlier with songs. Like I just, I love words. I love, I love the written word. I love listening to words. I love all of it. Like, I just think that it's a good reminder to have in your life and have those scriptures, especially just pouring over and bringing freedom into you. So important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Flooding ourselves with the truth. And now when we're freed from something, it doesn't mean we never encounter it. It doesn't mean we never have that opportunity to have the offense or the anxiety or whatever it is that we're struggling with but we have the opportunity to be above it because now we've learned how to do that. I'd love to have you share just a little bit about as those offenses try to rise up in your spirit, because I'm guessing they come. um, What is it that, what's your go-to or what is it that you do that helps you overcome that again? Honestly, sometimes even in the heat of the moment, I don't even realize that I'm being offended and I might respond in a way that isn't healthy to somebody but I've learned how to apologize. I've learned how to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I've asked the Holy Spirit to convict me, first of all, for um, when I'm feeling offended and how I respond in those offenses. And so so often it looks like for me, um, I can think of a year or two, a year ago, I was on a trip with some of my coworkers and there was a situation that arose that um, it was so silly, but to me, it was so offensive that I couldn't really see through the react. Like basically what it was is there was um, a certain, like a breakout session we could go to about women in ministry. Mm -hmm. And 
I really wanted to go to that, but because we had other things to do, my team was like, hey, we need to go. And instead of just being in the reality of, hey, we need to go because we have these other things we need to do, I took it as like an offense that they didn't think women in ministry were important. Mm. So, because I was viewing it through past hurts of, of legitimate past hurts, right? But I was viewing it through my past hurts that I couldn't see the truth in the moment. And I remember in that moment, just feeling really, my heart all of a sudden just got super hard. And this, you have to remember, like, this is already after going through this process of getting free from having the spirit of offense. Mm -hmm. And and I remember just being so offended and so hurt and angry. Did you ever get angry? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was so angry. I just wanted to go home and like, is there a flight I can get out of here? Because we were out of state and um, they didn't even know they hurt me. That's the thing. Cause it was such a simple, stupid thing that they just didn't, they just said we had to go do this other thing. And it wasn't, they didn't realize the layers of hurt that I had in regards to this situation. And so they were so innocent and they had no idea hundred percent. And I know that as a healthy looking back on the situation, but in the moment I could not see that. I thought they hated women in ministry. I felt so hurt. And I really came into that face to face with God. I remember they had like these love sack things at this conference that I was at. And I remember just going and laying, skipping the, the session that we, we were in, just leaving it and going and laying on this love sack and talking to God and asking God, like telling God how angry I was. In the meanwhile, texting my husband, telling him I wanted a flight to leave because I was so angry. <laughs> I tell you, this is, the struggle's real. And I, and I just remember texting him, telling him that. But then at the same time, like God just telling God, I, I know this is my own issues. Like I, per, I'm perceiving this through so much hurt and things I've forgiven people on, but because just cause you doesn't, you do forgive people. It doesn't mean you just automatically forget. And those scars are still there. Like just because you're, um, you've, your foot and ankle and leg have all healed game. You're still suffering with the effects of that, right? Like you're, you just told me like, you're still working your way up in your miles and you still have that healing to do. And those scars are still there. And that's where I was at. Like, I'm still working my way to being healed. And I don't know if I ever fully will be healed from anything trauma that's ever happened to me. But I, so I was filtering all this stuff that they had said to me through this filter of, of hurt. And I remember I had to apologize. I remember saying, I am so sorry. I was so angry earlier um, because I felt like you guys were attacking women in ministry by saying that we didn't have time to stick around for that session. And it was so stupid. And they, I don't even know if it phased them as much as it phased me. I don't even know if they even really realized it. Um, probably not, but I did. Cause I was just boiling and um, God really helped me through that. And there's just been situation after situation that, it, that it had been like that in my life where um, that probably was the most evident because that's when I really had it on display to other people. And I actually had to apologize. A lot of times um, my offense and my anger comes without other people even knowing it. And I'm able to hide it and suppress it. And it's hard when people see that. And it's hard to have to own up to it. But I think when we own up to it, that's also healing. Yeah. Um, and to not blame it. Like, I, I don't want to blame it on past hurts, the fact that I'm not handling the situation correctly right now. I'm going to blame it on myself. Like, I'm imperfect. I'm a sinner. I, I do wrong things. Um, and I don't always handle situations correctly. So just coming to that point right now and realizing it's okay to own up to my offense when I'm feeling offended. It's okay to ask for clarification if somebody says something that hurts you. It's okay to go to them 
I, I don't really like conflict. I'm not a super huge fan of conflict, but that's something I have to do. Like if my hus- husband says something that hurts me and there's a misunderstanding, I have to go to him and ask him for clarification because guess what? He's stuck with me for the rest of his life and I he's going to have to either put up with the angry wife or a happy wife and he's going to have a much happier wife if she's not living with a blanket of offense over her. Yeah, that is so true. And I have to tell you, I, I'm the same way. Like I'll all of a sudden hear something from online or from a friend or from my husband and I will hear it through the lens of what I I interpret it as. And sometimes we forget that that might not have been the interpretation at all, even though it sounded like that to us, we're hearing it from the lens of us and our past and our whatever, you know? And so the clarification and the understanding and the grace is so, so important in that, especially when it comes to how we communicate today, we communicate through text and through social media and through all these things that you can't even hear their voice in it. And so it's so easy. I've taken offense so many times because I'm like, I can't believe they said that. And they said it this way. And it's like, well, did they really say it this way? And what did they really mean? And sometimes they are meaning to offend you. Sometimes they are meaning hurts. (laughs) But a lot of times I think it's innocent. And, but we will dwell on it and we will take it in as a burden. And that affects our insides and that affects Mm -hmm. us in a way that is unhealthy. And it's just the reminding us step back. What did it, what was the meaning behind it? Do I need to have these conversations and clarifications? Do I need to just push it aside and say that's their opinion? What, what is it that I need? And a lot of times that comes with prayer too and journaling it out. And, well, and, and the Bible does say like, if your brother offends you, you're supposed to go to him and talk to him about it. And and so I've been trying to really apply that in my life. And I feel like I've always kind of tried to, but not maybe always, like a lot of times I've suppressed it. But I can think back to times where people have come to me when I've offended them and mm-hmm. have asked me something. And I'm sure for the amount of times people have come to me, there's hundreds of times people haven't come to me. But I can think specifically of times where I've had a fr- dear friend come to me and say, hey, Trish, you said this and it really hurt. And I, this is what I pr- like feel like you meant when you said it. And when they tell me that, like, I am broken because honestly, that is not what I meant at all. Um, There was no, no will, like, okay, sometimes there is ill will, obviously. But like the few times where people have actually come to me and said something to me, I honestly am like taken back that they even felt that way or felt that perceived that that's what I was saying to them. Because in my heart of hearts, that was not what I meant. And so I, I almost get offended that they didn't believe the best in me. Like, I just want people who, who are my friends, who love me or my family to think the best of me. And so why wouldn't I do that in return for somebody? Why wouldn't I say, like, if Gabe, you say something to me, why can't I filter like, you know what? She's having a hard week. You know, she shared with that. Why can't I just filter it through that of like your own story and your reality rather than taking it as a personal offense, right? So that's something I've been trying to shift my mindset towards is to assume the best of people because that's what I would want somebody to do for me. I would want somebody to assume the very best of me, to assume that something I said that maybe hurt them was maybe coming out of my hurt for one, Mm -hmm. or for two was maybe just misinterpreted. Like I want somebody to give me favor. And so that's something I've been trying to do is I want to treat others how I want to be treated. So trying to return that and look at the people in the world are mostly good. 
like there there are people with out there with will ill will and bad intentions but i think people in the world are mostly good and we all are sinful we've all fallen short of the glory of god right mm-hmm. we all make mistakes and to try to view that through the grace of jesus over them and how if i want to stand before the lord one day and be forgiven i have to forgive other people i just have to because we forgive as our father in heaven forgives us and so i need to be able to before I even really let offense enter my heart, I need to first guard my heart from offense, not guard my heart from accepting people's love, accepting friendships and relationships, not in that way, but I need to guard my heart when I see offense coming my way. When somebody says something that is hurtful, I need to fend that off and, and guard my heart in that way. And it's learning how to guard your heart in a healthy way. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think I totally agree with that. And guarding your heart is different than not letting people in. It's mm-hmm. guarding what you want to come in and different things. I love that. So one thing, I, one of the last things I wanted to hear from you is this has been a victory in your life. You had mm-hmm. a huge struggle. You had a breaking point. You've had victory over it, even though you still can struggle daily with, right. okay, where am I at? But why has this been such a victory in your life? What have you seen, like looking back on it, where have you seen that growth? Um. I see the growth in instead of isolating myself when I feel crushed, I try to surround myself with people who love me and turn up their volume in my life. Instead of pushing away people who are crushed, I try to surround them and help them through it. And that's healthy. Like, if I want people to be there for me when I'm going through the hard times, I need to be there for them when they're going through the hard times. And I see growth in, in those ways that I'm willing to stand beside somebody when maybe before I wouldn't have wanted to because what they were going through was just too hard for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be somebody who comes along people who have been crushed, who have been broken, who are um, hurting and, and help them. And in return, I hope that they would do that for me. Like that's kind of friendship. That's give and take. That's love. You know, we love each other and we bear each other's burdens and we weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice when we're rejoicing. And, um, and I think that's been cool about our friendship, Gabe, is we've been with each other through some of those highs and lows and, and mourn, cried with each other and and rejoice with each other. And it's just cool um, when you can have people in your life who, who will be that for you and will love you through the icky parts that you can't love yourself through. Mm-hmm. And it shows who your real friends are. I really think, um, I know in this season I did lose some friends and, and I think that also added a lot to my hurts a lot <laughs> to have that rejection and the people, um, pushed me away because all of a sudden I was no longer their solid secure friend who had the world figured out and was preaching and, um, all of that. It was no longer that person to them. I was the person who needed the love and needed the grace. And, and they weren't willing to give that to me. And they weren't willing to step into the fire with me. Like you would say, like they weren't willing to come in and embrace those moments of, of where I hated myself and I couldn't love myself. Like I just needed others to love me. And I think of Job, you know, like when he went through and he had people alongside him and, and how he was going through these trials and they weren't always saying the right things to him. And like, how 
I guess I've learned like when you find beautiful friendships, like even if they move states away, you keep them with you. You know, like you keep those people around you who can love you when you're throwing mulch on your garden bed and you're cranky. <laughs> like I, there's been phone calls with you. We've had recently where I got phone. I'm like, why are they even my friends? <laughs> like I'm such a horrible person sometimes. And it's just cool to have people alongside of you who can see your beautiful side and can handle your your dark crevices in your heart side too and are willing to love you through that. I think that's so important. Yeah, that's a huge victory. And I can mm-hmm. tell you, I mean, I know that you've been there for me through all the craziness and even my times where I felt like, or I probably felt like I wasn't a friend because I was never there because of my busy, busy life and all these roles that I placed on myself. But yet you guys loved me anyway. And, yeah. you know, our friendship never stopped. It always, it actually kept flourishing. Mm-hmm. And those times, those gap times or whatever, were times where we grew ourselves and then we came back together stronger. And yeah. I've loved that. And I think everybody needs a friend like that. Everybody Absolutely. needs those type of relationships that through the good and the bad, it's like marriage, you know, um, mm-hmm. in love or whatever, sickness and health and for poor or rich or whatever, we're yep. going to stay together because that that's rich. And that's what, that's what friendship and relationships are all about. And I just love that. Um, so my last question for you is just if, what piece of advice would you give to somebody, maybe someone who's listening right now, who has, has had a hurt in the past, somebody did say something to them and it welled up inside of them and they haven't released it. And they do have that spirit offense. What, what would be the advice you'd give them? Freedom can be found right now, right in this moment, freedom can be found the pain is easier to hold on to than it is to get free from because the process of freedom is hard, but freedom can be found in the moment you realize that you have a problem that you need to get free from is the start to it. And sometimes it's easy to hold on to those hurts because they have formed our reality and they've formed the way we view the world. But my challenge to myself to everyone listening is instead of allowing those things to form who you are, allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to come in and reshape and reform your heart. And sometimes that just starts with asking Jesus to come into your heart, asking him to come in and change you. And even if you don't have a faith until this moment, like putting your faith in Jesus Christ and allowing him saying, Jesus, I don't even like myself, but you died for me. I wouldn't even die for me. I don't even like myself. Like Jesus, come in and fill those dark places and fill those places that um, are out of control and are chaotic. Fill them up with you and who you are. And then I want to be free from me so I can be full of you. Pray to the Lord. Pray those things to God. And God is a giver of good things. He is a good, good God. And he loves you so much. And he has such a plan for your life. And he has so many things like David for you that if you choose in this moment your response to Jesus, it can alter your destiny. It can shift the plans and the purposes God has for you if you are willing to press into the difficulty of getting free and getting to that point 
and coming face to face with that ick inside of you, like there is so much freedom to be found. And Jesus is there and he is waiting with open arms for you. And without him, I don't even think I'd be alive. <laughs> to be totally honest with you. Oh, amen. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to end because that is so true. And just re- reveal those truths in your life and speak those truths over you especially when you're not feeling them. When we don't feel it, that's when we need it. And um, I can totally resonate with that. So if somebody wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Well, my husband and I do a podcast together called Fallen Short. And it's awesome. um, comes, from, it comes from the scripture. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, so check us out on Fallen Short. We're fallenshortpodcast.com, I believe. I should know all this, but I'll get you the correct information. Um, <laughs> And we also have an Instagram and I have an Instagram obtaining promises too. So check me out there. Awesome. And we'll link those in the show notes. I've been listening to the Fallen Short podcast. It's fairly new. It's awesome. Uh, Husband and wife sharing just their hearts and um, real life, everything. So it's pretty cool. You get to hear about our goods and our bads. (laughs) Yeah. And you can see their personalities. Trisha's fun for sure. So <laughs> she that's why she's one of my friends. She, yeah, I'm a dork. <laughs> she brings light to my life or whatever. I don't know how you want to say it, but <laughs> we are kind of dorks. That's why we're called the hot mamas hanging out. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Trish. This has been so fun. It's been fun to hear your heart and to just be able to share in your victory and encourage others who are going through something similar or going through things that they can come out the other side stronger. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Love you, Gabe. Love you too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I really hope that you heard all of that. I hope that some blinders were able to come off and you could see how to push past offense. This was such a great conversation. Trish really opened up and shared from her heart the struggles that she encountered when it came to offense and anxiety and how she overcame it. And not only that, but how she deals with it on a daily basis when it tries to creep back in. And that's something that we have to remember. It's not, once we overcome something, it doesn't mean that it doesn't try to come back into our life. It means that we now have the tools to react differently and to change that story and to overcome And so I really hope you had enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I enjoyed it. I'm so glad I could share her with you. I believe in you. Bye, winner. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast and helping it reach the listeners who would love to add it to their library. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. If you're not a part of the free Red Hot Winners online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you go after your biggest goals. And we can continue today's conversation over there. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.